Rebellions are built on hope. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion Star Wars Podcast. I'm your host, Alberto Calderon, and with us, as always, or almost always, is our co-host, Oti, who barely made it in today, where he's just in the nick of time is here. Oti, how are you doing today? We missed you last week. Uh, I'm, I'm claustrophobic. Um, I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally sitting in a closet, but doing Yeah, good. yeah. That's fine. Just be, I was, I've been fighting with a piece of popcorn that's been stuck in my teeth for 15 minutes. Ooh. I finally got it out during the intro, so you won't be seeing me trying to get it out during the show. That's bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you gotta make space for popcorn. It's one of those things. It's always, it's always there. I, I'm not a big fan of popcorn, but... <sighs> I get um, the hell out of here. Yeah, I, I started buying it at the theater like a couple of years ago, but for like yeah. the longest time, I'll be like, no, popcorn, <laughs> just M&M's. Yeah. No, also, I think every day, every night we have popcorn on my Really? House. Yeah, it's a staple. Right now, they're all chomping on it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, we got to finish because there's not going to be none for me left. I do like the skinny popcorn, the one that comes like in a bag. Oh, okay. It's like nothing, but I like it. <laughs> my dog loves it. <laughs> it dogs love almost everything. Yeah. When I go to the theater, usually if I go by myself, even when I don't, yeah. after I'm, I always get the huge, the large popcorn because the only one that has a refill now. And mm-hmm. as I'm leaving... I you get to refill it to bring. Sorry, you you get to refill it and. Yeah, sorry. I know you don't do that in Puerto Rico. I mean, but the popcorn costs five dollars. Yours, how much does it cost? I don't know. Probably 20? same. No, no, no. Popcorn is not too bad. Don't say no. No, you're right. You're right. No, popcorn is pretty expensive. Soda is not. Popcorn Every time I go to the theater, I'm like, hey, it's not that when I buy the ticket, it's not that expensive when I get to the concession stand. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's just pay more in concession. And that's why I always refill it. But it's just for my wife. If I come back with no popcorn, it's I better stay outside for a while. I need okay. to make it up. All right, Oti, last week you weren't here. We got to talk about the gallery episode for Mando Season 3. Have you had a chance to watch I it? Did you enjoy watched... it? No? Okay. No. So I downloaded it to watch it on a plane and I fell asleep. <laughs> so I, I have not watched it. <laughs> At the plane or because it was boring? No, no, no. I, it, it was a 6 a.m. Fl- yeah. flight. So I was very sleepy. Yeah, that's not right. All right. I'll tell you some things out of the way. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first time here with us, thank you. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and hit that thumbs up button. Even if it's not your first time, if you're just scrolling by and you happen to click on it, just hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you Comment down below if you're watching this later. But with all the changes in social media, where to find us, just subscribe. Subscribe to our show. That way you will never miss when a new episode drops. And we'll talk about social media in a minute, one of our ah, topics today. And of course, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, thank you. Make sure you leave us a rating and review whatever podcatcher you're using. All right, Oti, as we set up to start, who's in the chat today? I see at least one or two comments there. We have Rahul, who's waiting. We're here now. So. Oh, thanks, Rahul. And we All have right. Brennan. Ooh, Ooh. Brennan. Brennan sent us a, a good question for the end. I don't know if you had a chance to to look at it, but if not, you'll be surprised. I, I think I read it, but I can't remember. Okay, that's fine. We'll get to it. Sorry if you guys are ready. I'm not ready. Let's talk Star Wars. And we start with Star Wars news. Star Wars news. It finally happened. 
We've been waiting for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. Buriaga, where's Buriaga? We got our answer. During this week, the High Republic show, it was revealed that fan favorite Wookiee Jedi Buriaga Agaburi, who was last seen, last seen fighting the Wrath Stars in Starlight Beacon in the Fallen Star, is alive. We're not sure if he's alive and well, but at least he's alive. Sorry. And we will be seeing him again in the High Republic Light. Tales of Light and Life, which comes out September 5th. But I believe some people might get a chance to read it before because it might be available during San Diego Comic-Con later this mm. month, at the end of the, of the month in July. So yeah, we'll spoilers. see. Yeah, please, no spoilers. But Oti, any surprise that Brie no. is alive? We all <laughs> expected it. It was nice to keep asking every couple of weeks, where's Buri? The, the book? Uh, Fallen Star was very clear on who died and who, who did. So the whole <laughs> yeah. Buriaga thing, I was like, well, he's something. I think he's alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, they're not going to announce it during a Star Wars show, High Republic show. Yeah, he's dead. Sorry. I, he, he died. You know what? I, I don't know why they announced it, though. Me neither. I think they it was... should have just left it a secret. And like when we're reading the, the book, we're like, mm. oh, wait. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I said last week. Because they, they announced this a couple of weeks ago that they were gonna reveal the fate of Buriaga during the High Republic show. I thought we might get like a two or three issue comics just focusing on him at the end of the Fallen Star. I think I'm not gonna say would have worked better because I don't know, I haven't read the story. I think that was the way that it was gonna go. Cause I forgot about this book that comes out. I don't know, kickstarts uh phase three of the High Republic, but uh, it's good to have some I, confirmation. Yeah, I they started talking about the comic series that's gonna come out like yeah. in, in between and they 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 showed the the cover that we already saw and Christina Ariel said oh so this one's based on the on the council so I was like oh and one yeah. of the comics is gonna be Buriaga I thought it was gonna be like a cover reveal I was like okay this mm -hmm. is cool but then they're like no it's in this other book that we know that's coming <laughs> out it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah it would be nice if they said oh the next we'll find out Buriaga's fate in Tales of the oh. Jedi, instead of telling us, yeah, he's alive. And By the way, we have Amy here. Hi, Amy. Ooh, Amy, how you doing? Thanks for being here. All right, but taking all the focus away from Buriaga, and I got to oh, put boy. it again, who's the, that cover right there, the boy. Eye of Darkness. Maggie, Arizo, and I were like just drooling. <laughs> I, I knew I, I just got to follow these three people because they're just going to be drooling all over. And apart from a man spreading, lightsaber wielding, Martian row, we also got a synopsis for the book. Mm -hmm. It's George Mann that we know was going to be writing it. And just bear with me because it's a long synopsis. So it gives us a lot it, of information. Is it a synopsis or is that the crawl for the... Might be the crawl. I want to say they said there was the synopsis, but okay. it's three paragraphs. It might be the crawl. But basically, the galaxy is divided. Following the shocking destruction of Starlight Beacon, the Nile established an impenetrable barrier called Stormwall around part of the Outer Rim, where Martian Rowe rules and his followers wreak havoc at his every whim. Jedi trapped behind enemy lines, including Avar Chris, must fight must fight to help the world being pillaged by denial while staying one step ahead of the marauders and their nameless terrors. Outside of denial's so-called occlusion zone, Elsar Man, Bell Sedifar, and the other Jedi work alongside the Republic to reach the worlds that have been cut off from the rest of the galaxy. But every attempt to breach the storm wall has failed and even communications across the barrier is impossible. For both Elsar and Bell, their failures and losses weigh heavily upon them as they search desperately for a solution. But even if the Republic and Jedi forces manage to breach the Stormwall, 
How can the Jedi ever fight back against the nameless creatures that prey on the Jedi's connection to the Force? And what other horrors does Markeon Rowe have in store? As desperation for both the Jedi and the Republic grows, any hope of reuniting the galaxy could be all but extinguished. This comes out November 14th of this year. OT, again, very long crawl, let's call it. A lot of cool information about the state of the galaxy, some things that threw me for a loop. But again, it's been about a year since the fall of Starlight to where we start phase three. So I think some of them make sense. But just when you saw this, and we're going to start with the cover, but just the crawl and the synopsis. No, it cleared up some things because there was a book called uh, Into the Occlusion Zone or something like that. Yeah. What What the hell? Yeah. Now, now, you know, Escape from Battle, those things start to have a little bit more meaning. Um, It got me very excited. Like... (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Marla. Thanks, Jana. Um, uh, going back to my friends. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I want to know if, like, because it says that they're trapped there. Is mm. it, like, right after Fall Starlight? Like, the minute that happens, he locks everything up, and they're stuck there, and some Jedi, that's why all the Jedi are trying to go back to Coruscant? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And that's when I was a bit confused when it says that Ava Chris is trapped behind enemy lines because we know she's there with Elsa and everyone yeah. that survives Starlight. She's there. But I'm pretty sure they said that this is going to pick up one year after the fall of Starlight. And I so think I- that the other book, the Tales of Light and Life, is going to cover that one year, some of those stories, I think. So, yeah, so, some of them. And some yeah, are even some, like after. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's so uh, weird. I love it. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it so, seems focus on Avar, uh, Elsar, and Bell, which are some which of the main makes characters. Sense so, yeah. Because those are some, some of the main players of phase one. Yeah. Uh, Mark Rowe, last time we saw him, he named himself This Galaxy is My Galaxy. Uh, in that cover, we can see that he wasn't playing around. <sighs> Wait. What? Dale's here. Hi, Dale. Oh, Dale. Buck is here. We gotta Buck! get Buck. We have to get oh you're not in threads, so you're not in touch with Buck. But I told Buck that we Buck is in to... blue sky. He's in blue sky. What's Sorry, blue sky. Not. come on. Um so Buck, I told Buck that he could be in the show for Ahsoka, by the way. Just leaving it out there. Just <laughs> throwing out invitations left and right. But it yeah. makes sense. I, Buck I, I miss is one Buck. of the yeah, I don't know where he got we gotta get him here just so he can tell us why he got <laughs> kicked off Twitter. I don't know yeah. what the hell happened. Uh, Wait, was it uh, you? Maybe you just kicked him out. Okay. Uh, Dale says, I've been waiting, but something came out earlier in Comet Thread. Uh... <laughs> oh, okay. But, you're, hey, you're here. You're Don't here. Worry. That's, yeah, oh, no, no, he's always one of the first. So thanks for being here. Oh, everyone that's here. Uh, again, been missing all those characters who are from Phase 1, the Jedi, and of course, Markion and his uh, Marauders. We all love Denial, so... Very excited to get them back. And it seems that we're just going straight to it. One of the things phase one was very different. Sorry, phase two was very different to phase one, focusing at first on some minor new characters, minor stories before all coming together. Here, phase three is just right off the punch, just going off. So I'm very happy that we, we don't have to yeah. wait around to, oh, what's been going on? No, we're back in it. Yeah, I'm dying to know what's up with the Tempest Runners because I kind of think Markin's like, thanks for everything, now Yeah, die. you're done. <laughs> uh, you serve your purpose. I don't need you anymore. I send most of you to die anyway, so thanks for your help. I don't think none of them are going to be helping the Republic, but just in their own. 
inciting violence against Nazis, but well, that's yeah. good you, for if, you. If, <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Anything else, Alti, for Harry Potter? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited, and now I am more excited for the comic series because. Yeah. It's gonna answer some questions like, are they trapped from day one, or do they? Yeah. Be, oh, oh no, because I think they mentioned in the panel that they go to ex to explore what happened. So okay, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Not a lot to wait. September is not far away for tales of the tales of light and life, and then November for this one. And then, as we said before, each next book is gonna have a few months in between, so it won't be as. You have time to read. I'm in my st Star Wars book hiatus. Yeah. Which we'll talk about one of them in a few minutes. All right. So our second news story, not that big because, yeah, okay, it's a director announcement, but it was announced in all the, the weird places through LinkedIn. LinkedIn. So Hanel M. Culpepper, who has directed episodes of Parenthood, Criminal Minds, Revenge, Grim, Westworld, Star Trek Discovery, and Star Trek Picard, has updated her LinkedIn page to say she directed episodes six and eight of the upcoming Star Wars TV show, The Acolyte. Are you familiar with Hanel? Um, she worked on shows I've watched, so I'm kind of familiar with her, but like yeah. not in the sense that I'm like, oh my God, like, yes, definitely. Like, uh, thank God she's here. Like, <laughs> Do other people do this in other shows or not Star Wars? Because every time a director is announced, everyone on Star Wars, Twitter, and, and podcasts, and where we go crazy. And well, I don't remember anyone else caring in other uh, places. Well, I, I, I care. Um, <laughs> but with Marvel shows, whenever like this kind of thing happens, like uh, I get excited. Okay. Uh, but uh, no, I think it's very much a Star Wars thing. Yeah, so I pretty much caught up with everything Marvel. And for the TV shows, I don't remember any. Oh, so you know who directed episode four of Secret Invasions? I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> but anyway. Hanel, Are you watching Secret Invasion? I am watching it's, Secret it's Invasions. Good. I don't want to. I mean, we can talk about the AI controversy. I really don't care. AI sucks. We all know. I, I skipped the <laughs> thing, so I... Uh... I enjoyed the first two episodes more than the third one. I know a okay. lot of people liked the third one. It was okay for me. I don't know. Maybe I was hoping uh, for I, something more. But I like it a lot. I I, I like where it's going. And we already know it. They told us Super Scrolls, which a lot of people kind of imagine. Now we know they are Groot and Black Obsidian or all these other people. No, anyway. Call Obsidian. <laughs> Call Obsidian, thank you. But anyway, back to the Acolyte. I've been watching Star Trek Picard recently, so mm -hmm. I am a bit familiar with those three episodes that Hanel directed, the first three episodes of season one, which are very good. So in that sense, I am excited for it. She has background in science fiction, obviously, with Star Trek, with two shows, Picard and Discovery. Uh, Grimm and Criminal Minds, very different to Star Wars, but might be similar to the Acolyte. Parenthood kind of threw me for a loop. But at the same time, I just want good shows. And I think we'll get it. Acolyte, even though a couple but, of weeks ago people say it had been canceled, but obviously not. You know, um, with I, I think I've mentioned this before about TV shows, I'm way more concerned about the creative team, meaning writers yeah. and, and showrunners, because it, it's usually hard for a director to put across their tone on a TV show. Yeah, right. Um, sometimes, uh, with Mandalorian, for example, it's a little bit more open. They get to come in and have fun, but for most TV shows, it's very more writer oriented. So yeah. I, I really don't put that much stock into it. Yeah, it's unless they also the writers. Just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much impact it has, but at the same time, I'm not a director, so I don't know how much input they're gonna have 
And one fun thing about the gallery episode for Mandalorian was when one of the directors, one of the new ones, when he got the script, then John Farrow told him, okay, so start thinking what genre you want this to kind of fit in, which I thought might already be there with the with the script, but at least it gave I, them that openness to work in yeah, whatever that, they that, wanted. That's why I mentioned it, because I read it in one of the tweets of yeah. people talking about it. Me, I talked about it last week. You were. Yeah, I, I, I heard your episode. <laughs> All right, so next up, let me take this up. This is not too much of a story, kind of a, it didn't happen last week. A lot of people were waiting for the Ahsoka, I don't know, want to say trailer, but a new look at Ahsoka. So it was highly anticipated that we would get our next look at the Ahsoka TV show series this past weekend during the Essence Festival, thanks to a press release from the Walt Disney World, Walt Disney Company's official website. website. But the days came and went and nothing happened. So. Speculation started that the decision to hold off on the new look at the series, which was thought to be a new trailer, was due to the issues at Twitter and the rate limit debacle. If true, Oti, that because Twitter and Elon Musk decided to, sorry, because Elon Musk decided to put a rate limit of everyone on Twitter that Star Wars decided not to release a trailer, are they relying too much on just one social media site to effectively promote their shows? I don't want to say we're making too much of it because we always do, but are you surprised that we didn't get a new look after it was officially announced that something was coming? I honestly didn't see that it was officially announced, so I'm literally just learning this now. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's time. Like The show's like right around the corner, yeah. so like you know, I usually don't care when they start marketing things. Like I, I think it's time. <laughs> um, Legos are, start, are starting to reveal things, so... Yeah. <laughs> Lego, we'll lead to the Lego. We talked a little bit before we started. I'm a bit surprised, same way like you, because I, when I heard about this last week, I thought people jo were just speculating. Oh, Rosario Dawson's going to be there promoting something else, a Haunted Mansion movie that's going to be on Disney Plus. So it's a soak, it's going to be there. But as I started digging, no, it was apparently officially announced from the Walt Disney Company website. And I saw it, and it there. New looks of all these movies and TV shows, and Ahsoka was one of the names that they dropped. So I'm surprised that it didn't happen. Can I understand maybe a little bit if that Twitter thing had something to do with it? But if you're in a, uh, I don't know basically anything about the Essence Festival, but if you're doing that, promoting over there, just release it. And that's what YouTube is for. Everyone's going to be back on Twitter eventually. So people are going to see it. So I don't know. And it's been a week. Twitter for that, most of it, I guess it's kind of fixed, that rate limit thing. But and now there's twenty other. Sorry. Are they still doing the rate limit? I haven't since that first day. I haven't gotten anything. So I'll I'll say know. this. I haven't gotten it like once. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just like, see. Um, for me that's kind of weird because like, so what's the plan? You're never gonna market anything ever again. Like, mm -hmm. are you depending on another company on what their decisions are? Like, I don't know. For me, that's like a weird angle. Disney is extremely reactionary, so maybe Very, uh, I don't know. Um, Amy is saying um, she's nervous that we're gonna get a month plus delay, uh, like we did with Andor. Um, that could happen, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I would hate if that happened. But I'm a firm believer that if it's not ready, if it's it's not ready. So, um, what was Andor? Uh, okay, Buck. Uh, wait. <laughs> We already got a trailer. Do we need a? Why do we need a new one? We 
We, us, we don't. People like my dad, they do. <laughs> and that's something I always talk about. We don't need it. And even we know about this for years. We know the exact second is going to drop. But the people outside this door, they don't know. So they need to be promoted. Are they on Twitter? Not always. So well, that's why ABC and Disney owns ESPN and all these places. Put it out there. My dad hasn't texted me. When is the Achoka show? <laughs> so that, that has me a little bit nervous because he always texts me like two weeks ahead of time. Like, yeah. hey, when are we getting the Boba Fett show? Like, oh, this day. <laughs> the, uh, my boss's boss, which I think I mentioned a few months ago, told me once that he, he listens to my podcast, to us. So I got to now be careful. <laughs> Michael, if you're listening, how you doing? Hi, Michael. Yes. Yeah. He asked me a couple of weeks ago because we moved offices to a new one. Yeah, just play it on TV and in theaters. The last one, maybe. Don't, don't tell me. Tell the yeah, tell this. <laughs> um, but he asked me, oh, what's the next show that's coming? I know it's Ahsoka. It's coming in August. And then talked a little bit about Secret Invasion. I'm like, they just be my boss. I'm my boss's <laughs> boss. I don't I don't know. If uh, he shows up on the chat one day, I'll change my tune. But Michael, again, if you're listening, thanks. Just give us a like and sorry, a review sorry, the show. Sorry. Sorry for the curse. <laughs> it's off hours. I've never talked bad about my job here. I think no, don't no, go to haven't. the don't go to the older episodes. Just go to the new ones. <laughs> I don't think you have. No, I don't think so. Hopefully not. Maybe my previous job, not this one. Um, kind of digressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's time, but they always wait till about a month. So I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of July we actually get a, another full trailer. It's beginning of August. It's on the twentieth. Third, right? Yeah, it's August okay. 23rd, I believe. And they did the same thing with Andor and with Obi-Wan. And I complain here every single week, but they wait till that last month to start promoting it. It's not going to change as much as I want, and maybe some people out there. So I'm not surprised. I was surprised that they actually were going to release something this early in July. After mm -hmm. we got that 30 second spot a few weeks ago, I was very surprised that they were going to do something else two weeks after. So if they're mm -hmm. going to wait till August or end of this month, it's, I'm not surprised at all. I'm surprised that they announced and they didn't do anything because of Twitter. Okay. Doesn't make sense. Just forget about that. Like you said, don't wait on someone else so you can promote your show. If if that is what happened. Because we don't yeah, know. we don't know. Oh, they have threads working. I haven't gone I, there. I, I, I like it. It still needs some work. The The algorithm in the timeline is super weird. It, it keeps recommending Shakira for me. Um, <laughs> but um, Hispanic. You gotta love Shakira. Yeah, but I'm not gonna follow her on my Star Wars page. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's kind of weird, but um, and, and the algorithm for the for the feed is super weird. Like I, yeah. get, I keep getting things that are like, why am I seeing this? Um, <laughs> that's what uh, I heard. And that's why I don't want to. My Instagram is two people that I follow. Then this recommended for you that I don't care. And then an ad. And then two people that I follow. It's the same thing. I don't want that also my yeah, but for, example, for, for Instagram, I, I don't know. But I don't get people that I don't follow. Like I don't get ads. I don't, I'm like used to them. So I don't really care. But it's like if on Twitter you were in the for you section forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know and, I can't. And sometimes you get like a block of people, mm. you know, like threading or yeah. however it's called. But <laughs> I, I think it's it's I think it has potential more than any other Twitter clone that I've seen. I think it has potential. So we'll see. But it, it still needs some work. Like the the search function is horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
so so yeah. yeah i might wait a little i'm on blue sky waiting to get some code so i can give them to people and also the only problem it's the i like the way that it works the interface is pretty simple very similar to twitter and it's people that you follow show up that's invite only like that's the point that. and the, i follow like 30 people and got like 20 followers so in two minutes i'm done and then no one posts anything for three hours and it's like ah no I, why I, is this just invite and then it's, it's a waste and i complain about the algorithm of um threads but i spend like quite a while just yeah. like scrolling like i'm kind of it's half going like oh where are the people i know and <laughs> then it's, yeah but, but i think it's kind of like when the people you know like run out of things they Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, they just gotta they just put like, something there so it doesn't yeah, stop. It, yeah, it's super weird. Like during the day, it works better. Like at night and early in the morning, it's like more. Yeah, if no one has posted. Yeah. yeah, I think until people actually leave Twitter instead of saying, and I'm part of this, just adding something as a backup, then Twitter is always gonna be there. When people finally yeah. say, you know what, I'm done with this, I'm just following X app, that's when Twitter might fall or people might actually move. But if it's just a backup, then Twitter, unfortunately, is still going to be the, the main one. Yeah. Oh, um, Amy's saying that, oh, so people from the EU don't have access yeah. to it. Yeah. I, I was talking with Amy about this. It's kind of weird because I, I get the growing pains. They literally, it's not even a week old, but mm -hmm. it's from Facebook, the biggest yeah. social media company in the planet. Like, why aren't this, these things more available? So this is weird. Okay. Yeah, um, I think it has something to do with the security settings or something. The EU has some extra security and they have to. Yeah, Most, I hate going, I hate my Facebook. Facebook is like 20, 20 things that I don't. Oh, you like one basketball video here? Uh, some weird I, guy playing. I don't even have the Facebook app on my phone. I don't oh, use Good it for at you. All. I just have um, to see my memories from years ago. Yeah, but I, I, I'm liking threads. I, I, again, it, it has room for potential. Yeah, I'll wait a little bit more. And unless Blue Sky opens up, it's just very close right now. And there's no real promotion but, on it. Like, remember the Hive thing? I, yeah. I, I wasn't, like, going on it organically. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. Hive with threads. I don't know what it yeah. is. I, every morning I go to threads. Like, oh, okay. oh, here I am. And also, sometimes I can't remember if I'm on threads or Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's getting sued. Mm. It, it looks know. more like Instagram, but. It's, yeah. It's All right. So our main topic today, I don't know if I'm being a main topic, but it's our thumbnail for the video. And it has to do with Zack Snyder, oh. in the latest issue of Empire Magazine, acclaimed and sometimes divisive director Zack Snyder talks in depth about his new Netflix movie, Rebel Moon, and how his speech for an R-rated Star Wars movie was dead from the get-go. And some of Snyder's comments include, it was Seven Samurai in space, and a Star Wars movie was my original concept for it. Seven Samurais, I wonder who hasn't done that in space. Uh, the sale of Lucasfilm to Disney had just happened, says Snyder. There was that window where you know, where you know, who knows what's possible. I was like, I don't want any of your characters. I don't want to do anything with any known characters. I just want to do my own thing on the side. And originally I was like, it should be R-rated. That was almost a non-starter. And he finishes by saying, I knew it was a big ass, to be honest. He says of making the film within the Star Wars galaxy. But the deeper I got into it, I realized it was probably never going to be what I wanted. <laughs> so I got a few questions for you as we go on, Oti, but when you hear these comments from 
Zack Snyder. What are your first thoughts? Are you bummed that he didn't get a chance to do it? Are you still excited for Rebel Moon when it comes out on Netflix? I think it's a two-parter at the moment. From people are <laughs> uh, look. I like Zack Snyder. I, I think I do. I do too. I, I think he's a he's an interesting director. I do get like annoyed with him because he's like he's kind of like Tarantino in that sense, but without the talent. Like he's like, oh, but it's cool, man. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be awesome. Um, so I I'm very excited for this movie. Like uh, legit, I'm I'm a little bit. Wo- weirded out about the two versions they're releasing at the same time yeah. like the r-rated and the Zack snyder like why don't just release the whole thing um so yeah i, I am excited for the movie but people being like oh why did it they, they let him do the star wars like it's basically what he's saying it's like yeah. it would have been the exact same <laughs> movie but it would have been called star wars instead of rebel moon so yeah what's like your issue like we're getting the same movie and mm-hmm. without without the lucasfilm guardrails so i don't know why people are so upset about this yeah i can't i, I same thing i don't want to think too much about other people because i'll get mad same as you i like Zack snyder i'm not uh snyder bro or whatever they called i'm not calling for the Zack snyder dcu to return but I like his movies. Most of the ones I've seen, I enjoy. So I'm very excited for Rebel Moon. That little trailer that we got looks during To Doom looks great. I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. Maybe it sucks. Who cares? Who knows? But reading those comments, it was like he just wanted the Star Wars name attached to it. That's didn't want the characters. It. Didn't want the stories. I'm doing my own thing. It's R-rated. So just do Star Wars on you it. You don't like, want. That's the thing. You don't want to do a Star Wars movie. <laughs> no. You just want a movie with the Star Wars title. <laughs> yeah, I think he thought about what if I did a Star Wars movie? Oh, let me go to Disney. Dude, no, just go do your stuff, which is probably best because he's a very different director to what Star Wars is but, used to. So I don't know how it would work anyway. But he did talk about like he did this at the very beginning of the acquisition when they yeah. were like hearing the, you know, pitches like. They were mm-hmm. open to everything, so yeah. I I understand why he did that because we didn't know what direction Star Wars was gonna go in. Um, so listen, if this had been like the first spinoff <laughs> movie and it had been rated R, like at the moment that movie came out, I would have been like, "Fuck yeah, this is <laughs> it!" Like, ah, oh, gnarly. Um, right now, I'm glad that this this didn't this didn't happen. I, it doesn't fit right now. I've and... changed my tone completely on it. I I even think like. Andor is too mature at times. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So the first thing that drops, and everyone always picks up on this, is the R rating, right? We've been hearing for years people wanted an R rated Star Wars. I-, I was one of those. Like, if you listen to one of my first um, episodes of podcasting ever, yeah. I think the second or third, I literally talk about wanting an hard R Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi movie. Because Logan had just come out. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And he was at Mango attached to the Boba Fett movie. Of course, we're going to get R-rated. Oh, that was I've before. Ne- that's, how, that's how long ago that was. Yeah, I mean, it's been 10 years now. Basically, 2014. And, yeah. uh, I've never been a fan of R-rated Star Wars. I always thought something I mentioned last week talking about galleries. We fell in love with Star Wars, a lot of us, not everyone, when we were kids. And we're depriving kids if we start making those type of movies which I understand the fan base has grown with Star Wars and it depends. Do you still want to keep it for new fans who come in at a younger age or just keep the fans that you have? It depends, again, what Lucasfilm wants to do. 
So I don't know if Zack Snyder is saying, and I, at least he understands, at least those comments. He's like, I knew I was, wasn't was going to get it. It was a big ass as soon as I said R-rated. So I still don't want an R-rated movie. I, I'm glad he, he, he cleared that up because I, when I thought that, when I saw he talked about Star Wars and pitching, I was like, oh God, what did he say? <laughs> yeah. Because he has this rabid fan base. And I don't think he's, again, I, his vibe rubs me the wrong way sometimes but i don't think he's at fault for the fan base he has like yeah and and even his actors like it he has like a james gunn thing that his actors love him mm -hmm. so he, he must be like a really cool guy but the people he attracts uh yeah <laughs> i think he gives off that vibe right that alpha male vibe whatever but he doesn't seem to be that person but the, like you said, the aura that he gives out, people want to attach themselves to it and try to pin that on him. Because I never got that sense when I read stuff from him, read his interviews. And like you said, the actors that he worked with are really close to him. So I don't know why part of his fan base just the other way. This is why they kicked Buck out of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. He's saying that he thinks there should be room for Star Wars for all stories, including R-rated. I fundamentally disagree, but I love you, man. I miss you. Um, so and that's. Uh, no, I say that's also what Disney Plus is there. You can also work with it now that some things are behind uh, a password. Those R-rated things. What Star Wars is that? That's so weird for me. Last last time I was here, that I was at my sister's house. I was trying to. <laughs> I, I was trying to use their uh, Disney Plus app, and I was creating yeah. like my own user, and it wouldn't let me like get access to everything because I needed the password in order to have like an all access user. <laughs> it was yeah. so like weird. Um, but I, I did want to say like last thing with Snyder, like even Buck mentioned that he doesn't like his vision for D DC, and I totally get that. It's a super mm -hmm. weird ver vision. I actually like it because it's different. Like it's different yeah. from everything I've read. Um, but even that he's, I think he's leaning into, and he's even acknowledged this. Like, yeah, I know it's different from the comics. Like I, this is how I see the heroes nowadays. Um, but I, I, I see his reasoning for it rather than other people like, yeah, Superman's <laughs> a badass. Like, yeah, yeah. No. No. <laughs> what do you think? a Zack Snyder Star Wars movie might look like? Is that something that would interest you? Not Again, not this Rebel Moon or rated, but just going back to his whole filmography. See, the, the Al movie, that's not R-rated. No, um, I think something right. Zack Snyder could do very well is um, this flawed heroes thing. It could... I, I think he would be a proponent of the great <laughs> Jedi but I, I think he could maybe make like this hero that has like a lot of baggage to him, and yeah. maybe walks like not a very straight line. Like mm -hmm. maybe it's not necessarily a Jedi. Maybe someone who wants to do the right thing, but is pulled by the dark side. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I would be interested in seeing something. From, I think he has a, a very interesting visual style. Uh, he does different things that work with Star Wars, trying to push boundaries in terms of technology and the way some things are presented. I think he could do a good job with maybe too much slow motion for Star Wars. Oh, my but... God. <laughs> 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 Obi-Wan just waiting for Darth Maul. Will be interesting. I'm good that this is not Star Wars. At the same time, it's just, just do your stuff. You no, just want just... Star Wars, just do your stuff. I don't... I... 
again, it's not a diss on you, but I never want to hear the question that I would love to see what a Snack Snyder Star Wars movie would look like because he literally <laughs> said this would be it. Yeah. So after December, we'll know what a Snack Snyder Star Wars looks like. And it was it's gonna be interesting when he comes out. We say this has nothing to do. It has doesn't look anything like Star Wars. Doesn't. Can you imagine they they have like lightsabers and people doing like magic stuff so it's not dark like so okay let's talk about this because every other sci-fi thing has blasters has light speed has everything that has the star wars star trek everything but lightsabers or a sword made of light is just star wars couldn't we see this somewhere else would it be agreed i think i think someone should break that barrier already there, it's not the same, but in, what was the Netflix movie also with Ryan Reynolds that he did with the uh, this with that he goes, he, he's from the future to try to find his dad and he sees himself, his younger version, trying to rescue his father. Uh, some Alan Project, Alan Project, he yeah, has a, something he has. I have not uh, seen it. it's a handle that. Turns out like a lightsaber, and I'm pretty sure he makes. Oh, it's a lightsaber. He cannot use it for a few minutes. So I think we. Should, I wouldn't be mad if someone just does something similar in a sci-fi movie. It's it's time. Just it's a light weapon. Adam Project. Thanks, Buck. Oh, thanks. I I said it. But oh, you you. Did. I wasn't paying. I did. I, <laughs> so, where do you pay attention to me? Never. But there is an image from Rebel Moon. I don't know if I, it's one of the bad guys or one of the protagonists. She has a red weapon. She's okay. uh, handles something that seems a little a bit shorter, but it has a red, at least a red blade. So we'll find out. Can you imagine this movie is like a Star Wars ripoff? Like, <laughs> oh, we are the Medi. <laughs> these are the Tith. <laughs> it just goes with the Bendu, which we've also... Oh, we're so free. It, it doesn't. What we've seen so far, it doesn't I am, scream Star I am Wars. I Luke Earthrunner. <laughs> Luke Earthrunner. Luke Earthrunner. <laughs> Get a green throne or something. By the, the way, uh, oh, oh, uh, just quick mention: I am on my Star Wars uh, book hiatus, but every three weeks I read a chapter of um, Heir to the Empire. So, oh, slowly going there you through. Go. Slowly, you know what I'm reading or listening to slowly is Path of Destruction, the first of the Bane trilogy. Oh, so I, I get should, a. Hmm, maybe when. Well, we'll see. Um, I, I should put those. I, I have all. I have all three of them, so I should okay. put them on. You ripped the P- Plagueis one, right? Plagueis, I love, and okay. I would I put in my top five, top six. I could put mm-hmm. Plagueis there. I love that book from the beginning. Path of Destruction, it's a little bit slow for me. I'm like in chapter I... ten already. I'm like, okay. ah. have you have you read Heir to the Empire? No, it's pretty good. I'm <laughs> even with Timothy's on. I'm like, yeah, the first chapter is probably one of my favorite chapters of all time. Oh, wow! It's all right. Uh, okay, I yeah. every once in a while I get a free credit from oh, uh, Audible, Audible, and I use this that's what I use for puzzle distraction. So I might do it actually. And also, have that what is it, Libby? It's an app, a library app, and it has a bunch of Star Wars book that you can yeah. just it's like taking them out from the library. And they're for free. So I got to check if it's there. There's some high reported books if anyone wants them. So Libby, it's a free app. I think you just need to put your address and then pick what library is close to you. And they give you a library card and then you can take one out. Yeah, I've seen things like this. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter, actually. A couple of days ago, someone posted it. 
All right, then talking about Star Wars book, anything else before we go to Star Wars book about Zack yeah. Snyder and Rebel Moon? I think we're good. Um, no, I, I, I'll just say I'm very excited for the movie. Like, even with everything, I, I'm really excited <laughs> for it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Bulk is adding Air to Empire is top tier Star Wars. So I'll, I'll check it. No, not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, not just. All right. So with that, we're going to do a quick spoiler-free review of Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. I was lucky enough to get a advanced reader copy of this book last month, late last month. So I read it. I did my review. My spoiler review is on our website, RadioRebellionPodcast.wordpress.com, so you can read the full review there. And we also have a spoiler-free review on NetGallion. I'll put, I forgot to put them on the description of the video. Make sure to put a link to those down there. And Otto, just ask me questions as we go, if you want, because I know you haven't read it. I'm not sure if you're going to read it, but if you have any questions, just I'm not sure let either. me. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I, I want to hear your feedback. I I have not heard great things about it. Yeah, I was going to ask, have you read any of the reviews out there, or at least some of the tweets that some people have been starting to No, I, more than anything, podcasts that I've listened to, they mentioned it. Yeah. I haven't heard like a full review on it. But yeah, I, I usually even check out the Star Wars Explained. I have not checked that one. Yeah, out. I know they have at least one or two reviews. Yeah. So like I said on my review, and I think I mentioned it to you before we started our episode a couple of weeks ago, it depends how you feel about the main character. Iskat Akarish is this young Jedi Padawan at the beginning of the book. And again, this is spoiler-free or minor spoiler. Some things that either happen in the first two chapters I might mention or that are obvious. Again, this is called Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. So we know this is a Jedi that's going to fall to the dark side. It's going to turn to be an Inquisitor. But this is a 100% Iskat Akarish book. We follow her throughout. I think she's in every page, every single page of the book, she's there. So if okay. you like like the High Republic, you like big ensemble cats. We have three Jedi's doing this thing, two Jedi's doing here. We have the now doing that. You're not going to enjoy this. This is one person, one book. Very similar to Tempest Runner with um, mm. Lorna D, which some people liked. I enjoyed it. Some people didn't because it really didn't move the now, the High Republic story, but it was her story. So if you like Lorna D, you like Tempest Runner, same thing. If you like this character and what what her voice is and why she doesn't like the Jedi. Again, she's going to fall to the dark side, so it's not a spoiler. Then you'll enjoy it. A lot of people have not enjoyed her view of the Jedi Jedi in, in general, the Jedi Order, and they don't like the book. And I specifically say on my review, if you don't like that, don't think you're going to enjoy this book. She, If you're not one that blames Mace Windu or that say the Jedi were wrong for the fall of the Republic, you're not going to enjoy this book. It's very focused in that Jedi are at fault for a lot of the things that happen. And at the beginning, I'll say I wasn't enjoying it because I'm not one of those persons. But as but then I said, you know what? I'm just going to put myself in this character. I'm reading her story. Let me just see it from her point of view. And that way, I enjoyed the book enough. I gave it a positive review. Maybe a little bit too high, but there's a lot of things that I did enjoy, how it connects a lot of other Star Wars story. I think it works great with Brotherhood from Mike Chen mm. because there's similar time periods. There's something that happens. I mean, we know that Brotherhood, the main thing that happens is this bombing on Catonemodia that they send Obi-Wan over there. That's mentioned here. Hey, there's been a bombing in Catonemodia. 
the reason why a lot of Jedi have to be promoted for Padawans to Knights and from Knights to Master because they are needed in the war efforts, which happens in at the end of Brotherhood, they explained it, it happens here. So in that sense, it kind of works in a good balance. But again, if you hate when people say, oh, Mace Window, it's all his fault. He's just too mean to everyone. Oh, the Jedi are at fault. Why didn't they see uh, Palpatine manipulating everyone? Why are they against attachments and all this? You're not going to enjoy this book. It's very focused in... So basically, her story is being... Her master dies in the very early on. So again, not a big spoiler. And she tells her something. Hey, I made a promise. And then Iska has to figure out this promise that was made from her master to someone else that she's never heard of. Why that? Why? What does that have to do with Iska's story? And every time she asks questions to the Jedi, goes to the temple, to the life, to the archives, she's told, forget about it, forget about the path, just move forward. And for her, that's a non-starter. So a lot of the things that the, the Jedi way of no attachment, just being the moment. Those are things that don't meld with her. So again, if you're not one that's going to be enjoying those type of questions and finger pointing against the Jedi, I don't think you'll join this book. But if you do, if you think that the Jedi are at fault for some other issues, if you think they should be more open to attachments and to questions, then you might enjoy it. But again, it's very focused on Iskata carries. If you don't hit it with this character early on, you might not be too interested for the rest of the book. It's an easy read. It's not too difficult to get into it. It's short chapters. You can read them as you have time during the day. Um, I do like the way that the characters that we have out there explain how their background is kind of brought into it. I like Iskat in general. There's a temple droid technician that I really enjoy. Um, Tualon, who's the Twi'lek that's also on the cover that we know also falls to the dark side. He's a good balance to her when their stories are connected, but it's not in too much of the book. Um, one of the big criticisms for the book is that we don't spend enough time with her as an inquisitor. And I do agree. Uh, this is mm. not that long of a book, maybe 320 pages. Again, I did the, the digital version, so I'm not sure. But let's say it's 300 pages, probably 220 are with her as a Jedi and the last 80 are with her as an Inquisitor. Mm. So it's like, ah, I wanted more. And hey, once it's an... Go ahead. Is the fact that it's called Rise of the Red Blade, like I would think that it's her transition to turn into... Or it's not really that. <laughs> so again, that's not really. Because once <laughs> she turns to the... There's one thing, let's say the way she needs to get her Inquisitor name, she, there's something she needs to do. So that's probably the rise of the Red Blade is what she needs to do to kind of be officially considered an Inquisitor and get, be given her whatever sister name. I'm not going to spoil it here because I was waiting for it. So Oh, so the, that's like a big thing, the number? For her. Okay. They kind of ask her, are you ready to pick your number and the, or your name? And she's not ready until she completes this task that's given to her. Right. The reason she falls to the dark side is very interesting because we haven't seen that before. Okay. The way we see people fall to the dark side, and they explain that in the book, it's one way. The reason for her going to the dark side is very different. So that was enjoyable. Um, we know that Order 66 is going to come because it's in that time period. 
it caught me off guard. So at least mm -hmm. that was a surprise. One thing that we talked about Path of Vengeance that we didn't enjoy too much, especially you, was the Battle of Jeddah. It's covered in the comic book, so why are we retreading? The epilogue of this book is something that happened in a comic already. And then it expands it a little bit at the end. Oh, you're going you're gonna to have to spoil this for me later. <laughs> I'm so, no, curious. it's not uh, a spoiler that... Uh, Iscat and Tualon are in the Darth Vader Charles Soul comics. Oh, the, okay. They don't have names or numbers in that comic, but the characters appear. They're doing something in, I think, issues 19 and 20. They're doing something oh, in okay. those issues. Okay. It's step for step. It's also in this book. So it's mm -hmm. like, why, why are we wasting 10 pages in something that we already read somewhere else where we can use this to maybe expand her time with the Inquisitors? Is it a mission to a certain planet? Yes, they need to go get something, something, right? and so on. So it again, it's not bad, but it's just there. We just read it while we're retreading, but it goes beyond the pages afterwards. So it, it doesn't end in the same way the comic book does. It just I keeps mean, going a little bit more. I will give it a pass in that sense because that comic book came out a while ago with yeah. Path of Vengeance. It's a comic that's still running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see what else. Again, canon connections. The way I do my reviews, I have the story, ease mm -hmm. of reading characters, canon connections. And Believe it or not, I've read them. <laughs> Thank you. At least someone. And if it expands Star Wars. Canon connections, I think, is great. If you're someone that loves to connect books and movies and TV shows, it works should, great. Should readers expect fun cameos in the in the book? Yes, okay. there are a lot of summer cameos. So have again Mace Windows there, Yoda's there, and we see a little bit of them. If, if it's the fall of a Jedi, you know that Papa thing is gonna be around. Oh, of course. Uh there's some new cool Tron Clooper clone troopers that show up. Uh this happens chapter two starts with the battle of Geonosis. So they're gonna what? you know where we're at. They have that far back. Yeah, so wow. the first chapter that you know. Uh, our friend Darth Internus, who was here, told us the first chapter, they changed it. The first chapter of the book is not what was originally there. So chapter two then goes to Battle of Geonosis. They told, hey, our boy, Obi-Wan can always strap on Geonosis. We got to go find him. And then all these Jedi go there. And nice. things happen. And that's when kind of the story starts. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say how many Jedi, but they tell you how many Jedi die in that battle. It's a lot. It's a lot, it's a lot okay. of Jedi. And this, they keep dying throughout the book. Okay. So I think people didn't enjoy this book as much as I did. I, was, I didn't mind it. It's not, it's not going to be in my top 10, but it's not in my bottom either. Okay. It's, again, just a, there's just one point of view. So you can't say, oh, I don't like this character. I like this other one. It's just one. So if you don't like her from the start, you're not going to enjoy this book. And again, it's a constant blaming of the Jedi. And... Mm -hmm. Rejoice because she had she's one with the force. Every time she saw this, she just gets angrier and angrier. So every Jedi tenant, she's like, shut the hell up. Which when I read it, I understand because in the High Republic, a lot of people, why can't you just say that? No, someone died, we need to mourn them and kind of think about them. The Jedi, ah, forget about it. So reading it, I understand. But just talking like this, no, you're a Jedi, you gotta forget about it. So again, I don't know if you particularly might enjoy it. I understand why a lot of people I, are iffy about it because those are the same reasons I gave. You had told me the whole point of view thing. I, I mean, the the whole bashing on the Jedi. And I, at first I was thrown off because I, 
I didn't know it was like from her point of view the whole yeah. time. I thought it was like maybe uh, the Lila was like, "Hey, the Jedi suck." I'm like, oh, "Come on." <laughs> um, but it does make sense because if we if we had a book from Darth Vader's perspective, yeah. he wouldn't be like, "Oh man, those Jedi." I, I, I look back with fond memories. <laughs> yeah. So that's where that's when I probably about fifty or sixty pages into the book, I said, "I gotta get off of my head and just get into this character, what she's going through, and why she thinks that way." And that then it makes sense. It's not just Delilah saying all the Jedi sucks and the Order sucks with multiple point of views. It's this character has gone through this experiences and every time she asks questions she's told to forget about them so i would mm -hmm. understand why and she tries she meditates she tries to put those things behind her but she can't it's one of my first yeah. lines of my reviews is maybe she wasn't meant to be a jedi and that's explored and that's okay. but also one thing it's to be aware and delilah says it on the not the the thank oh. you at the beginning some of the oh. opening notes she said this is a very personal story there's it's a there's a warning because there's a suicide in this book so you are ready for it she gave so again delilah s does is very open in that beginning saying explaining her own suicide attempt and from then on how she keeps a journal every day one thing that went right one thing that she liked about the day or something so in that sense wow i don't want to bash the book too much if I had any big issues because I understand how personal some of the characters in this book are to her and this story so I'm surprised a little bit, even that Lucasfilm allowed this book in terms of how much it attacks what we love about the Jedi. We're just from this character that has a lot of questions and the master that she was supposed to answer those questions was never really there for her. Okay. So it's, you kind of feel bad and understand why she kind of fell to the dark side, but maybe it's too much for a lot of readers. But again, it's Inquisitor, Rise of the Red Blade, there's not going to be redemption. Like you said, she's not going to be very happy with the Jedi. If you can get past those, you'll enjoy it. But if you're like, no, the Jedi perfect, then it's not for you. I, I love the Jedi. I don't think they're perfect. Um, <laughs> I do bl blame Mace Window for, for a lot of things. <gasps> Alberto, perfect. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, Alberto. I've heard from multiple people that they wish it had been a two-parter. Do you agree with this? So I read this from our friend Arsu. In her review, she put that she wished it was a two-parter. When I read her review, I agree because I think it will it's twofold. I think it will work be better for a lot of readers that have issues with the book if we spend more time with her as an inquisitor. Maybe mm -hmm. this book again is like 350 pages. Maybe do her turn to die sword a little bit early. Some people have complained that the missions that she goes in are very similar, might be repetitive. Okay. Could be, maybe trim those a little bit and spend more time as inquisitor, inquisitors. And that people wanted to learn more about the inquisitorius. What does it feel to be an inquisitor? What are their dogmas? We learn about the Jedi, let's learn about the inquisitors. Yes, I will maybe made it a better book, but that's not I, the story because it's just have no and it's you learn from them and it's like i'm gonna kill everyone because i just wanna we saw yeah. it in kenobi everyone yeah, wants to be the next run inquisitor but then this book is about iscat it's not about the jedi order about the inquisitor so in that sense okay. even if it's a hundred pages of learning more about the inquisitors then the book uh shifts it might be something different okay. 
if it's two separate books, one with her as a Jedi, and by the end she falls through the dark side, and then the next one is with her as an Inquisitor, it might work better, but I don't think that's the story that was being told, because then it, two straight books just following one character might not be the best. Okay. All right, I still gave it a 3.75 probe droids out of five. I do recommend it as a Star Wars book, and it, even though she falls through the dark side, and of course, Inquisitors are not the best. Delilah does something in telling readers and people that might feel different, might be told that they're weird, or just sit there and read that book till you memorize it and they learn a different way. She's telling them here, you're not different, you're not weird, you're good as you are. So it does, even if it's from someone that's falling to the dark side, there's someone there helping her. Maybe don't, if, you want to do something and they're telling you that you're wrong, maybe you should still do your thing and forget about what other people are saying. So in that sense, it does for people that might be neurodivergent or have been bullied or whatever, that they're not broken. And that's something that a character tells her, her master for Mel's issues that they have. She does tell you, you're not broken. We're all imperfect beings. So it's still that message carries throughout the book. Okay. All right, so Alti, before we go to a war between, between fandoms, so here a little bit from your side on Indiana Jones 5, I wanna go to Rebel Thoughts and our friend Brennan, who sent a cool question has to do with one of the topics we talked about in our segment, well Rebel Thoughts. You're a rebel now. Brennan asks, and if you if you're still in the chat, Brennan, thank you. Brennan at Brennan Mystical question: Who would be your dream director to helm a Star Wars project? Mine would be Steven Spielberg. At the end, bad at this because I don't know every single director. I will probably do a vanilla answer, but I thought about it a little bit. I have two. Do you need time to think? Or are you ready to give us your answer? Yeah. Yeah. Give me a second. I'll think. All right. So. It. I'll start while you wait. I have two. And one might be because his movie is just coming. First, I'll start. I'm not one that needs to go see every movie from a director. Oh, Tarantino's doing a movie. I got to go watch it. I probably haven't watched his last three. So I'm not one of those that just goes to a movie for one director. But one director that I do follow all of his movies, I love every single one of them, has a brand new one coming in a couple of weeks, is Christopher Nolan. I'm extremely excited for open. And again, I know they will never do it because they need to do things their way. But if Christopher Nolan is given full control of Star of a Star Wars story that he writes, he directs, uh, the producer is just giving the money and they don't do anything else, I think it will be a very interesting Star Wars movie, a very different Star Wars movie. Might touch on some themes that we really haven't thought about. I might be in the vein of Andor, very, I don't want to say grounded, but I think you understand, very focused on maybe one thing instead of this giant galaxy-wide. But my first choice, I mean, someone that needs full control, is Guillermo del Toro. If you give me a Guillermo del Toro movie, it can be stop-motion animation, it can be full CG animation, it can be uh, live action. I would love to see a Guillermo del Toro movie. Can you imagine a High Republic movie with Guillermo del Toro coming with designs for Marquion Row, for Denial, for Starlight Beacon? He has a very visual 
distinctive style, the creature that he would create, mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. with all the, the creature work that he does, would be very interesting and something that I would love to see in Star Wars. But again, they have to be given full control of the story and everything. We don't want no studio meddling because it would change their vision. So those are those are my two. I'm gonna say, and they're already making a Star Wars thing, but I think if they had got their hands on a show or a movie, like a whole show, I'll say the Daniels, the, okay. they made everything everywhere all at once. And my reasoning behind it is because they made this batshit crazy movie with all these very interesting concepts, but it was so anchored by the characters, the relationships, and, and the themes of movies trying to put across. And the movie's trying to say a lot of things, like yeah. thematically, you know, disregarding the whole weird concept and everything <laughs> it's doing, like thematically, it's doing a lot of things, and they still managed to pull it off. So I think they would do a good job doing Star Wars, you know, bringing all these concepts and making an awesome story. Yeah. And they have, I think it's an episode of Skeleton yeah, Crew. Skeleton Crew, yeah. It would be interesting. I, I'll say I still haven't watched everything everywhere at once. Every time I scroll by, I got to watch it. It's very so good. Even, I know, I know. I got to watch it. But we'll see how they do. But again, it's like we, you've mentioned before. Even if they yeah. just do one episode or a TV show that they didn't write, it, might, it doesn't translate the yeah. same way. All right, Oti, as we finish up with Star Wars, we go to another one of our topics or whatever you call this. I don't know. It's got a world between fandoms. Segments. Segments, are, they are called. Oti, last week, I don't think he's in the chat today, but our friend Roberto Vanegas was in our chat last week. He was asking if we were going to do a spoiler review of or a review of Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny. I said I hadn't watched it. I almost went last weekend, but I couldn't. So could you give us, because yes, you've seen it, a spoiler-free review, because I still want to watch it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give. A, I'll have to be brief, <laughs> because I have to go, but um, I'll, I'll do it. Indiana Jones. I haven't been a huge fan of this franchise. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had seen them all. I, I liked them, but I wasn't like, for example, Gus, who was like dying <laughs> yeah. to see it. Um, so... When the movie was coming out, I started rewatching all of them, and I really fell in love with the franchise. I think it's a very fun franchise. Last Crusade is a freaking masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. um, so as the days came closer to watching this one, I was getting very, very excited for it, um, and it delivered. Uh, on first watching, I was, I left the theater thinking like I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, but as I started to think about everything that happened and how it connects to the other movies and the themes and everything, I started to like really, really like <laughs> everything they did. It's a little bit too long for my okay. liking. Um, in the uh, something I love about all indie films is that they jump right into the action. We yeah. don't, and this is more of a modern blockbuster that starts slow. Let's see what he's doing. Let's see what the other characters are doing. So that was. Uh, it wasn't bad because it was well handled, but it was a little bit jarring for me because I was like, come on, let's get into the action. Let's get into the adventure. Um, so there's that. And I think this movie, you could have trimmed like 20 minutes out of it and had like a like more a shorter, better movie with less budget. Um, 
so Yikes. so yeah, um, Harrison Ford is phenomenal in it, like <laughs> phenomenal. Phoebe Water Bridge is excellent in it. I I loved her. It, it even got me so hyped that I watched her show uh, Fleabag, yeah. which is also great. Um, I I really liked her in the movie. She she's a very interesting character because she's like Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, like fortune oh, okay. and glory uh, kind of okay. person. Mm-hmm. So she like clashes with where Indy is now. Um, they do interesting things with the character of Indiana Jones. Like I know there are a lot of questions of well, what happened between here mm-hmm. and Crystal Skull? We get those answers, and I wasn't really expecting some of them. Um, what else? So um, you mentioned the, that it starts a little bit slow. I what I've seen from people is that they love the first thirty minutes. Yeah, okay. So, it kind of slows down a little bit, and it picks so back with, up. With every indie, we have the cold open that's like an, an adventure, and yeah. we have it here. This one's very long. I love it. I really, really love it. Um, but usually, then we stop. We have like this lull. We we get all the exposition, and then we. Mm. Kick, but that's usually like fifteen minutes, and then yeah. we're off. Here's like 30, 40 minutes. Mm. Here's what he's doing. Here's, yeah. you know. Okay. So there's that the the first thirty minutes. I love everything that's happening, but I, I'll spoil it. It's it, it's a flashback, so we yeah, get yeah. into the aging. It did not work for me Ooh. at all. The um, hundred artists working for two years under uh, the aging didn't work. It, it's kind of like the whole Leia thing. They did the best yeah. they, but it just didn't work for me. Um, you know, you're seeing Harrison Ford with that face but you're hearing 80 year old indiana jones it's kind of like with rogue one where you hear like uh earl jones with his voice now so and every time he has to like run or something you see that face just like (laughs) it doesn't look great i'm sorry a second too late yeah so it it looked very weird it didn't really work for me but if you're just like this is what indiana jones is doing it's very cool um the ending is crazy I love it. I really, really loved it. Like crazy, anyways. Um. So yeah, that's like the people are like, oh, how could they do this? And it's like you're watching a series with you know magical boxes, magical stones, magical cups, seven hundred year old knights, aliens. Like four and this, I just bad shit. They're they are not like grounded movies. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and I think that's where people forget sometimes from some of the reviews. People talking about it. Same. I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. We were like complaining about Kingdom of Crystal Skull and the uh, nuclear bomb and the refrigerators. Like, dude, it's all the same. It's yeah. the raft of the, the airplanes. And something I love that they don't shy away from Indy being eighty years old. Like, it's not like you're seeing Indiana Jones kicking ass and doing all these things. Like, every time there's an action scene, he's looking for a way out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so that worked for you because I heard from other people saying that why do we why we keep getting our old heroes just beaten down and depressed or whatever it makes sense. <laughs> Again, I understand, he, but he has like a Luke in Last Jedi vibe. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Like, okay, and there are some things that I can't talk about because there's spoilers that I didn't like because it felt like retreads of other things. But you guys will see. Um, but I really like the movie. Um, Matt Smickelson was awesome as, yeah. as the villain. He's he's probably one of my favorite indie villains. 
and they do some commentary on Americans and Nazis, which was very interesting <laughs> and timely. <laughs> All right, maybe that's why some people didn't like it. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, I'm sure of that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, just I'll say, watch it. I'll watch it. Eventually. We have a Southerner learning German and uh, praising some so, things. A Southerner? Okay, that doesn't that. happen here in I'll the South where I'm at right now. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll leave it there. Now we gotta be ending the show, but yeah, check it out. I'll check it out eventually. Two movies that I'm gonna see next week, probably on Friday next week. Fleabag. Fleabag oh, is one of the yeah, best shows. I've only watched, show. I started phenomenal. watching a couple of months ago. I've watched either two or three episodes. I gotta get back into it, and I did enjoy them. I gotta keep get keep watching them. There's so much stuff right now. Oh, uh, quick thing. This movie sold as the last Indiana Jones adventure. Something that I did like, yes, it's like a modern blockbuster epic and everything. Mm-hmm. It's still an Indiana Jones adventure. It's, yeah. it's it, 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 I like that mundane feel to it. Like, it's not special. He's not like, oh, this is the last one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm getting too old for this. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's treated like just another one. How's the the score, John Williams? I, I didn't pay much attention to it because okay. I was just like so focused on everything that was happening. It's like... It, it happens to me with Star Wars movies too, so I, I that's why I kind of want to see. Wanna it go again back. Yeah. I want to like focus on that. All right, so I don't know if we're gonna have a show next week, Alti. I'll tell you, I don't. Next, mm-hmm. my birthday is on Sunday. Oh, yeah, my daughter's birthday is the next weekend, so I might take two weeks off, and then we come back at the end of July. I don't think I don't think I'll be available for the end of July, but we'll see. <laughs> if not, we can wait. We can take. Uh, a, a summer break hiatus. We'll come back with season seven of Radio Rebellion. We'll do right an Ahsoka preview. Ahsoka. Okay. We'll do first weekend of August. Let's say if we can come back, we'll do an Ahsoka preview, and then we'll get ready for Ahsoka. We'll get back here maybe for that first Ahsoka episode. Every time Brennan's in the chat, I said we're gonna get him with the show, so we'll work on that for when we return. Yeah. So we'll take a, a a summer break from Radio Rebellion. It's our podcast. I'll be watching Mission Impossible next week. And then Oppenheimer, I'm gonna be there. Now you watch Barbie and let us know about Oppenheimer. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You'll do it. You let us know. Oh, TD, I know you always said at Epic Star Wars, but there's like 30 different sites right now. Literally, Epic Star Wars for threads, for Hive, for Twitter, for Instagram. Follow me. <laughs> it's the same. All right. If you ever get a blue sky, I'll send you an invite if I get my codes. All right, I'll send it to someone else. I don't, I don't know how long I'll be there. Again, it needs to grow because right now it's just, I see five people. All right, so thanks for joining us. Thanks to everyone for being here. Make sure you subscribe to our show. So you know when we return, hit that like button. Uh, watch, read our review, a spoiler review of Increase or Rise of Red Blade on our website. I'll put a link down there in the description of the video in a little bit. And also for our spoiler free, you can also check it there. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Stay safe, be safe, may the force be with you.